Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. And my name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. David, last time you ended off our episode by saying that we're going to deal with why a ram is horned. But didn't you already answer that? You said it's from Akedat Yitzchak, the attempted sacrifice of Isaac, when Abraham, instead of sacrificing his son, sacrificed a ram caught in the thicket by its horn. The shofar, the ram's horn, reminds us of that original willingness of Abraham to sacrifice his own son. So what do you mean, why the ram's horn? Why do we continue to use a ram's horn? We know probably the original shofar is a ram's horn, but as we progressed in our musical instruments and development of them, there are other musical instruments that can get to the heart of the manner of coming closer to God in repentance through symphonies and other genres of music. So what would you answer? Because obviously it reminds us of the sacrifice of Isaac. Right. So what does the sacrifice of Isaac really mean? It's the sacrifice of our faith our willingness to be with God, no matter what the situation is, complete obedience to him. And this actually represents the history of the Jewish people, that we remain faithful to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob throughout the generations, despite the persecution of being a Jew. Mm-hmm. And the ram's horn is that remembrance of what Abraham was willing to do for his faith in God, despite not understanding why God would ask him to do this, even though he promised him the covenant son, and the covenant son is there. All this is a remembrance of what we need to do in connection with God of this ram's horn that happened thousands upon thousands of years ago. Wow, it's beautiful. Actually, there is a particular way of maybe phrasing this in a prayer. Master of the universe, we may have faults and failings, but we stay true to you and to our covenant with you. We come before you with a history that began with Abraham and Isaac's lonely ordeal. Forgive us for the sake of our ancestors' suffering, loyally and willingly endured. So for me, that's the reason why we remain with the ram's horn. It's a very nice idea. And the ram's horn itself presents a certain very specific form of sound. It's nothing like a trumpet the way you'd hear at a jazz club. It has its own unique sound, which really is evocative of weeping or groaning. I think that leads us to our transition here. Now we understand the purpose of a ram's horn, but now the sounds that are made from the ram's horn to help the one listening to it go into a state of repentance before God. And there's actually an argument in Jewish law what exactly that sound should be. Everybody agrees the shofar must be sounded first with a regular, straight, normal, clear blast followed by a broken sound, and that itself must be followed by a straight, clear blast. The question is, what is the nature of that broken sound? In Hebrew, it's called truah, and there are three opinions. One says that that truah sound is the sound of groaning, like a long sigh after another sigh. A second opinion is that that sound is the sound of weeping, sobbing. Like a baby's cry. Like a baby's cry, yes. And the third opinion is that it's the combination, groaning followed by weeping. And because we don't know which one is the correct tradition, we do all three, which means we have a straight sound followed by this broken sound, followed by a straight sound, but we do all the different types of broken sounds, which is why we blow the shofar and Rosh Hashanah so many times when by Torah law, we don't need to do nearly that many. If people want to understand anything about how Judaism operates, 
even though there's an argument between the rabbis, we somehow try to incorporate all these arguments into the tradition that we do today. We didn't pick one side, three opinions, but we actually follow all three opinions. And the reason we follow all three opinions, that itself is an argument. Some people say we follow all three opinions in order to make sure we get the right one, we're not sure. A different opinion is all of them are valid. Any one of a broken sounds is perfectly fine. However, we want all Jews to essentially have the same tradition. We don't want in one synagogue to do it this way and another synagogue to do it this way. So in order to incorporate all the traditions, any one of which would have been acceptable, we do all of them. So in that sense, the blowing of the shofar in all of these different ways is a source of unity of the Jewish people. One of the main things that we learned from the destruction of the Second Temple was that this unity caused its destruction. And ever since then, we always want to be in unity with our brothers and sisters around the world. And I think it's a beautiful tradition that we will do all these sounds in a traditional format. So no matter which synagogue you go to, I have all three sounds. My name is Scott Kahn. I'm David Nekrutman, and blessings from Jerusalem. Jerusalem.